following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Herfman. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. <laughs> yes. Allow me to puff as well. Mm. Uh, uh, Those are some powerful herbs. <laughs> giving me dark visions. Shall we pack this again? I, I'm not getting visions. I'm not sure if it's working. Is it? oh. Visions. Oh. Visions. Daddy, so are you seeing what I'm seeing? You making a fool of yourself. I think Jack is a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you. Hold on a second here. The Jackal. Welcome, fellow Jackalheads, to another episode of Inside the Jackal's Head, right here on PSN Radio. Welcome all. We're going to have a very cool guest on, great musician. He's an English blues guitarist, singer, and producer, and contemporary uh, country blues artist, who's known for his work with the uh, West African Blues Project and the hip-hop blues band New Blues. Uh, this guy is an amazing musician. He's going to be with us for about 40 minutes and um, can't wait to talk to him. I was listening to a bunch of the tracks he sent me uh, to play tonight and uh, just really, really good music. I mean, uh, you know, everybody knows who listens to the show that I, I like all sorts of music. I, I don't only stick to one genre. I like hip hop, a little bit of R&B, some rock, not a whole lot of country but i do like a little bit of country music blues i love jazz i love and uh, i love the the music that i was sent uh, by ramon goose and uh, he's going to join us again in about uh 20 minutes now if i sound a little bit out of it tonight i'm a little bit disjointed i'm watching the nba finals and the golden state warriors are choking like i have never seen before they had a 20 point deficit just a few minutes ago they were down by 20 the best offense in the nba were, was down by 20 it's amazing lebron of course the best player in the nba has, has taken over he's like the only guy really playing out there healthy and it's amazing with the amount of minutes and games that man has played uh the fact that he is healthy and still doing it uh but anyway great finals and uh I'm still rooting for the Warriors, but it's not looking good. Not looking good at all. If you guys want to join in on the show, you can always call in at 786-245-8127. You can also also, uh, find us on Skype by looking up PSN Radio or Soup Media Network, which I have to get that fixed one day, and i got to get that removed because Soup Media Network is how this whole thing started, and you can still find us like that, and I have not figured out a way to fix that on Skype. Skype has done a lot of upgrades, but it has not figured out a way to change your initial username. And since the phone number is attached to that username, well, you know what I mean. You can find us both ways. So just look up uh, PSN Radio or Soup Media Network on Skype and you'll find us. Uh, call in, chat with us if you'd like. If you have any uh, questions for our guests tonight, we'd love to take your call and uh, hear what you have to uh, ask Ramon Goose. Until we get the guest on, we have a, a couple of things that I wanted to go over that's in the news. Uh, this is coming from ArtBell.com. Of course, Art Bell, the man in charge, along with Keith Rowland, on the Dark Matter Digital Network, uh, which is not a sh- not a network that this show airs on. But I give him a shout out because Sky Watchers Radio does air on there, and Art Bell's you know he's the man, and Keith 
he's the man too. So, shout outs to them. But this uh, this website, Artball.com, man, has a lot of really interesting stories. And uh, the movie The Martian, which is coming out, um, I think it comes out like what in a month or two or something like that. It's coming out, right, Pete? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, the Martian stars Matt Damon, our favorite. Now, The Martian, uh, it says here, reveals technology needed to actually survive on Mars. And it says, in your face, Neil Armstrong. That is uh, Mark Whitney's uh, defiant cry in The Martian. Ridley Scott's film has been unveiled today at at a uh, dramatic trailer. And I saw the trailer. It was actually a pretty good trailer. The film is based on the book with the same title by Andy Weir. Stars Matt Damon as Mark Whitney, an astronaut who is stranded on Mars after a storm causes an evacuation of a human habitat. The film's based on the book with the same title by by Andy Weir and it stars again Matt Damon. Um, Now, here's the thing. Traditionally, movies about Mars don't do well. They just don't. So this movie probably won't do too well, but it goes on to say, and what's really interesting is, it says, um, let me see here, in the face of an overwhelming odds, I'm left with only one option, says Whitney. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have uh, to have science the shit out of this. Uh, the botanist only has a few weeks of supplies to provide himself with the substance for four years. He would need to stay alive to be rescued. Uh, Watney uh, hatches a plant to grow his own food, or a plan to grow his own food, by converting the floor of research station into a field. Of course, you know, we've often seen uh, stuff in ufology and uh, stuff dealing with uh, colonization of Mars, how they would do uh, like a biodome. And we've been experimenting with biodomes here on Earth for a long time. Long time they've been doing biodomes and stuff. And what do you think that's for? That's for eventually when they get to the moon and, and they stay there for a long period of time and they get to Mars. And of course, who is not to say they're not there already or they haven't been there already? I'm pretty sure we've been to the moon and we've been to Mars more than they're telling us. And I think uh, these movies that are coming out are just kind of like giving us a little glimpse of what Hollywood might know that NASA has already done or that the powers that be have already accomplished. But supposedly there's technology in this movie that shows you how it could be done by a simple botanist. That makes sense. I mean, you could sort of like terraform a part of the planet and put a little biodome there and you're good. You survive for a few years on Mars. Would not be a pleasant vacation, though. That would be the worst, I think, place to try to survive. A barren desert like Mars with a very thin atmosphere and no running water anywhere. The possibility of Martians crawling out of from the shadows and grabbing you. You never know what's going on on Mars at night. It's a creepy place. Now this next story says, uh, Space experts worried about an extraterrestrial land grab This is also from ArtBell.com. says, plans uh, to make money in space are missing one of the fundamental ingredients to any business, property rights. Now, if you go mine an asteroid or several uh, companies, which a lot more than just several, a lot of companies right now uh, plan to mine an asteroid, Uh, that, that and Mars and, uh, you know, of course, the moon and the moon on Mars and whatnot, there's there's a lot of companies that are uh, gearing up. The technology is almost there, if it's not there already. Now, of course, these companies plan to bring back minerals to Earth. Now, the question is, can you sell them? 
if you build a moon base uh, as entrepreneurs, Robert Bigelow's is it's uh, con- contemplating doing, and someone else wants to uh, uh, wants th- uh, to land a rocket there, what's to stop them? Is the question. Uh, asteroid miners uh, gear to raise funds to uh, raid space rocks, some of which are packed with minerals. Now think about this. This is going to be like the Wild West all over again. When we start going to like mine minerals, or let's just say we get to the point that we have the ability to put a colony on the moon that's sustainable, or on Mars or one of these uh, moons, there is no laws around anybody just coming in and wiping you out and taking your land because it's not really your land. Unless they start selling the land on the moon and on these craters on rocks floating in space. Scary. But it's going to be a fun future, about a hundred years from now when this is actually important. But it says here, 1967 Outer Space Treaty, for example, was designed largely to keep nuclear weapons out of orbit at the height of the Cold War and uh, deter, uh, deter a potential colonial, uh, says colonial competition in outer space. And of course that's going to happen. I mean, there's going to be colonies set up on planets, moons, but we're we're a long ways away from there. That's like a what? A, a type 2 or a type 3 civilization, as Michio Kaku would say. We're not even a type 1 yet. We're struggling to become a type 1. We might not even make it to type 1. We might blow ourselves out, out of existence. So I say we chill with the uh, the space mining, but you know what's going to happen eventually. There's going to be companies that regulate land and space, and there's going to be realtors selling you land on the moon. And if you want to leave Earth, you can go to the moon. You own a little land there. You can live there and do nothing because there's nothing to do. You'll be on the moon, man. It's just stupid. But anyway, I digress. Moving on. Now, a bit of uh, entertainment news before we play a little music here. And uh, the music I'm playing tonight, folks, again, is from our guest, Ramon Goose, who's going to be with us in about uh, 10 minutes. And uh, he's going to be right out with the with us for the rest of the show. But uh, before we go to a uh, little music, we're going to play uh, one of his tracks in a few minutes. But there's uh, some exciting news in the world of entertainment. According to uh, SuperheroHype.com, John Berthenol, or Bernthal, did I say pronounce it Bernthal? Is that right, Pete? Is it Bernthal or Berthenol? Yeah, I think it's Bernthal. Yeah, I think it's Bernthal also. Anyway, he's set to play the Punisher in the Marvel Daredevil Netflix original series in season two. Now, John, of course, is uh, known from for the uh, movie the, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, he was Shane on The Walking Dead. He was on Fury, the movie. Uh, now he's joined the upcoming season of Marvel's Daredevil, streaming on Netflix in 2016, and he will portray none other than the Punisher. That's right, one of Marvel's most popular characters. He's a vigilante who aims to clean up New York City's Hell's Kitchen by any means necessary, no matter how lethal the results. John brings an unmatched intensity to every role he takes on, with a potent uh, blend of power, motivation, and vulnerability that will connect with the audiences, said uh, Jeff Loeb, Marvel's head of television. Now here's the thing. This is great casting, mind you. Great cat. I mean, this guy is perfect for for a Punisher. Just perfect. Uh, now the question is: Is this the new Punisher in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Because the Daredevil is supposedly canon to the Cinematic Universe. So this is just not only casting 
of Daredevil's Punisher in that universe. No, no, this is literally they've cast this guy to be the new Punisher. Now, how far they're going to go with the character, if he's just going to be in the movie or in a, on the series or if he's going to be later on in a film or have his own film's uh, spinoff, I don't know. But this is really good casting, and I really hope that this guy, uh, John uh, Bernthal, sticks around for a while because he really would make a great Frank Castle. He really would. Uh, I, of course, did like the uh, last two Punisher movies were okay, but they were nothing special. Uh, they've never really done the Punisher 100% correctly or even close to that. So I hope uh, this guy knocks it out of the park. So far, I've been super happy with the, the Daredevil uh, Season 1. I mean, I saw it. It was amazing. Uh, great series. In fact, I think it's one of the best uh, first seasons of any superhero TV show ever. Just an amazing series. I really, really enjoyed it. Highly enjoyed it. And I uh, can't wait to see what the Punisher looks like in that universe. Now, sticking with uh, some superhero hype news. One final story here before we go on a little musical interlude. And come back with our guest, Ramon Goose. It says here, While Hugh Jackman has been coy about whether or not Wolverine will make an appearance in the upcoming Deadpool movie or in X-Men Apocalypse, we know that the uh, the untitled Wolverine sequel, which is Wolverine 3, coming out on March uh, 3rd, 2017, will be his last time playing the role. Jackman appeared on Live with Kelly and Michael and said that, uh, and when asked about wrapping up the role that he's been playing for 17 years, he said, uh, you can, he said, uh, let me see, what's the quote here? X-Men films, was there a damn quote on this thing? Yeah, I guess there's no quote, they just want you to look at the video. They were actually put the quote, that's cheap. Anyway, Jackman uh, has appeared um, as the character of the in the X-Men films uh, in all of them from the very beginning. He's been in every single one of them for 17 years. And it's an, that's it makes me feel old, honestly, because I remember seeing the first X-Men in theaters. And, um, I mean, he was great. And it, it's funny because he doesn't really look like Wolverine from the comics. He doesn't have that like the same swag as Wolverine. Uh, so you wouldn't expect for him to work that well as Wolverine, but he nailed it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he's as much Wolverine as uh, Chris Reeve or Christopher Reeve is uh, Superman to me. And uh, as much as uh, Christian Bale is Batman, in my eyes. You know, that's uh, the kind of uh, effect that he had. Now, let's go to a little commercial break, and before we do that, we're going to play a little music. Who do you love? This is Inside the Jackal's Head. This is Ramon Goose. We'll be right back. I walk 47 miles by wire. I go to Cobra Snake for necktie. Brand new house along the roadside. And it's a man out of rattlesnake high. I got a brand new chimney, baby, put on top. And it's a man out of human skull. Come on, baby, take a walk with me, baby, and tell me who'd you love. Love. Yeah, around the town I use a rattlesnake whip. Take it easy, baby, don't you give me no lip. Who do you love? I got a tombstone hand in the graveyard line. I just went to and I don't mind dying. Who do you love?
Superman the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. We lost her too soon. Gone, but not forgotten. Now, you can own an authentic piece of movie history. Elizabeth Taylor's Ashes. In a small commemorative urn. Remember, remember. I want you to forget me, please. For just $29.95 plus shipping and handling, we'll send you an ounce of real superstar soot. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. You can have a piece of her forever. Command performances leave me quite cold. Call today. Hurry. Quantities are limited. There's a war going on in the streets. It's the War on Thirst. Sprunk is winning the War on Thirst with the new grenade-shaped cans. Hey, yo, pull the pin and blow your thirst right off in that brand new taste explosion. Boom! That's the sound of refreshment. Sprunk, go AWOL from the Cola Wars with an energizing mix of lemon, lime, ten times the caffeine and sugar. Plus, mercury and benzene for the extra pop. Yo, it'll bring the temperature right up and the bubbles. Other beverages use carbon dioxide. But use ether to kick up that phase. Thanks to all that mercury, you won't remember anything that tasted so good. Now pick up a Sprunk Thermal Nuclear six-pack. Kill thirst and liven up the party. Toss your friends a Sprunk in the grenade-shaped can and enter the Sprunk sweepstakes where you can win a real case of grenades. Sprunk, blow your thirst right off in that brand-new taste explosion. 
Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. In a world run by thugs and imbeciles, by robber barons in three-piece suits, where a subservient media pipes sewage into the eyes and ears of the masses 24 hours a day, seven days a week, where do you go for the truth? Is the president an alien, either Kenyan or Zeta? Did the fabulous sea monkeys ordered from comic book ads by kids in the 60s and 70s slither out of their tanks and into ears, and are they running the brains of the ruling elite today? Is David Icke right about the queen being a lizard, or is there a sea monkey brooding on his brain? like a jockey atop a chunk of horse meat. Are Lemurians beneath Mount Shasta really addicted to porn and chewing tobacco? Or are there spokesmen in the surface world deluded or deranged? For the answers to all of these questions and more, tune in each week for another revealing and informative episode of Unraveling the Secrets and get that sea monkey off of your brain. Go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go, 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 go. Go ninja, go ninja. Word to your mother. Kraft Mac and Cheese Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shapes. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. You know you love it.
Ramon, welcome to Inside the Jackal's Head. It's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And let me tell you, I've really been digging the music that you sent me tonight. It's really, really good music. Very diverse, which I noticed right off the bat. Extremely diverse music uh, of your, of, on your part. Is that something you, did, you do consciously, um, the diversity in, in the sound, or is it something that you've always planned? Or um, You know what? It's, it's funny uh, you should ask that because, uh, well, first off, um, good evening to everyone who's listening. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> It's um, pretty early in the morning here where I am in uh, London. But, by the way, um, yeah, what yeah. time is it in the morning over there in London? Because you were telling me, and I was blown away by how early it is over there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, 4.30, 4.30 a.m. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a man who is dedicated <laughs> to his craft right there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, it's an interesting question because I was actually pondering this the other day and um, because somebody asked me something similar. And and really, I've had, it's, it's kind of no design. It's it's just really, um, just you know, one thing led to another. You know, and um, whenever I sort of have an opportunity, I always kind of grasp it. If especially if I'm going to learn something new, um, try out a new style of music or visit and um, you know an, another continent, then I'll um, sort of take it with open arms and uh, you know see if I can immerse myself into it. But also, um, you know use it as an influence for my own style you know so that's kind of i've never really thought okay i'm going to do this because it could be popular and i'll make make some money it's never sort of been that 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 sort of that way it's just more sort of naturally happened you know what would you classify yourself to like what genre would you say you're fixated in Mm -hmm. and that's your classification or is it too broad to really have one genre only uh, I would no, say, no, I would say blues, right? It's really, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, blues. I, I studied. Uh, actually, went to university and studied jazz. Uh, well, had the opportunity to study jazz, and uh, so kind of um, blues. Really, um, from when I, you know, first started playing guitar, um, my mum had a big, uh, vast record collection with lots of jazz and blues records and and rock and roll and uh, you know, sixties kind of British rock. So that was the kind of stuff that I was um, brought up on. You know, when, mm-hmm. um, when I was sort of le- first learning guitar, you know. So um, you know that, and especially like here in, in in London, you know, you've got a lot of history with um, you know, the whole British um, mm-hmm. kind of blues explosion with them, um, you know, um, the Yardbirds and uh, the Blues Breakers and Cream and the Rolling right. Stones, yep. and, you know, all that kind of um, great music. So that's where I was kind of, you know, a typical sort of teenager learning guitar. Uh, and listening to those records, you know, and trying to figure out how, you know, how the, you know, some Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin riffs, and uh, getting thrown out of guitar shops for playing "Stairway to Heaven," you know, <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> I think anybody who's into uh, music has had that happen to them at least once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, what's that film? Um, Wayne's I can't World? remember the Wayne's World. That's the one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know my movie <laughs> trivia, my friend. <laughs> yeah, but that that's actually really happens, and it happens here in in England as well. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like, really, in England, if you go in and you start playing Stairway to Heaven, they'll kick you out. That's phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I I once played the riff um, "Whole Lot of Love," you know, you know, I played that riff, and I thought I'll be okay with this, but no. Shop owner grabs a guitar, says, "No, nah, get out of the shop." You know, <laughs> you're not playing that. <laughs> <laughs> Now, how did you link so, up with the West African Blues Project? How did you uh, hook up with them, with that? Uh, well, that was kind of um, an idea I had with um, 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 sort of my friend, manager, and um, 
who he actually came up with the actual the the idea of it, the the name um but it's something we've been talking about for like five years and um uh we sort of it wasn't until um another sort of manager in the music scene here in, in england said you need to work with this young singer and um he's like one of the best young singers in west africa at the moment and um so i thought it'd be really cool to do something similar to um there's a, a great album by Raikuda um and alafakatori um called um talking to i think it's talking timbuktu um and uh Raikuda is just playing guitar you know he's not singing and alafakatori who's a malian great malian guitarist musician is doing the singing and kind of leading the show um and so that's kind of how i've approached this um um but i've it's been really interesting to work with a singer you know who obviously i'm not going to understand what he's singing singing about (laughs) unless he tells me right but you know he's kind of he sings it's almost like a musical instrument in itself so um you know he can convey mood and emotion whatever with his with his singing and he really is an outstanding singer and uh and we've just literally just released well it's going to be released um june the 29th this album um but it's wow. been kind of like a few years in the making and uh, we we're, we're really excited about it because it's um like i say it's got this great young undiscovered singer um on it called Modituri. and um you know his father was actually quite a famous senegalese singer um mm. and uh and and so Modi Toure, this is his his first album, his kind of debut album, and uh, you know he really, really is um, you know outstanding singer, the best best I've heard. You know you can, you know there's some other great um, Senegalese singers such as um, Baba Mal and Yesen Adore, and um, Modi Toure is definitely you know in that league. So you know what's um, a, what's amazing to me about what you just said. Um, you don't understand a word he's saying, but it's it's so beautiful how music can bring everyone together. And yeah, the blues yeah. is universal, and uh, music is universal, and uh, that's a beautiful project. I mean, that's something incredible to be a, a part of. Congratulations on that project, man! That's great. Oh, it's very kind of you. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's the, the great. This is the the greatest um, kind of compliment I can have <clears throat> doing all this kind of work is that you know maybe somebody's come to to watch a show because I do kind of standard blues gigs as well, <clears throat> you know, right. and um, somebody might get the wrong wrong gig and come <laughs> with, <laughs> with an African singer. And, but they'll be like, man, I've really loved that. You know, that was fantastic. And so that's kind of like the biggest compliment when somebody, um, isn't kind of expecting, you know, to see right. a kind of world music blues fusion thing, but then they've really enjoyed it and, and been kind of really surprised in a good way, you know? So that's, that's a, like a, that's a big compliment, you know? And, how, uh, much you, how, yeah. how long did you work on that, on this project? I mean, it's about to release, but how long have you been working on it? Well, actually, this is kind of like a trilogy of albums. Um, the first okay. album, the first album I did was called Mansana Blues, right? And uh, and I think we've got a track. We we might be playing a track tonight. <laughs> yes, <I> think <laughs> called Mansana Blues. Yeah. So that was that was done with uh, a Grio and uh, from Senegal also. And what a Grio is is um, they've been going for generations and generations, and they're kind of like not like holy people, but they're musicians who are born into. Um, this kind of lineage of um, musicians and they they also keep the history of the tribe within this family so that say for example you're living in the tribe and you want to know who your great-great-grandfather was you can go to one of these griots and they'll kind of sing you a song and tell you all your family history 
So I went over and worked with Agrio in Dhaka and we made this album called Mansana Blues and that was the first kind of album mixing blues and African music. And then the second album was the one we've just done, which is called The West African Blues Project. And the third album, um, which will be released next year, is called Desert Rock. And um, and that's kind of more, much more led by myself. And that's more, um, as you can tell by the title, it's more, um, you know, rock sort of led. It's much more rocky. Whereas um, the first two albums I've made are much more of a, an acoustic kind of vibe to, to them. Right, right. You know, so, now, you know, we, kind of different we intro the show with uh, Mountain Song. Is that part of the trilogy? No, no. That that's um, an album I released um, last year, and okay. that was called. That was actually called Blues and Spirituals, and it's it's just completely, you know, acoustic blues from you know Mississippi and um, uh, Alabama, all those you know um, beautiful places in the United States, and artists such as Blind Blake and um, Blind Boy Fuller. Um, Robert Johnson, all those kind of um, amazing blues artists, and uh, I've, I've sort of chosen um, a song from each of those kind of artists. Um, written a couple of my own ones as well, and then and the kind of the idea of that album was to mix kind of some blues and some spirituals, you know. And yeah, um, I was going to say because it didn't sound yeah. like African uh, dialect to me when I was listening. I was like, wait a second, that's English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's from. Uh, <laughs> it's from the east of England where I'm either from, that yeah. or Africans are talking a lot of English these days <laughs> <laughs> yes the Queen's English this, yeah, well there you go exactly let's get into a little music here uh, what do you want to play next on the show here uh, what, what do we uh, want to throw on the uh, on the uh, um, rotation here well, well I'm just wondering uh, have we played um, I'm just thinking have we played Who Do You Love actually I did play Who Do You Love yeah, because that well that was that that particular track there is um, that was from the Desert Rock album, so that's kind of like a bit of an exclusive for you. That's never been played. Oh my goodness! Um, we that's a demo. <laughs> <laughs> that's a demo. So that's you, this is the first time it's ever been aired. Um, that particular song, and um, um, but I think um, what would be really um, cool to play would be the Mansana Blues um, song. That's that's the. Uh, part of the album I did with the the Greer from West Africa. Um, let's see if I have that one here on the ones you sent me. I got, I believe, Delta Moon, Little Wing, Police Dog Blues. Is that the one? Yeah, please, uh, yeah I think it's called Mansana Blues. M-A-N-S-A-N-A. Blues. Yeah, Mansana Blues. Let me see. I don't think you sent me that one. Let me... Um, okay. I'll tell you what. Let's, let's go to... Let's cut to some Jimmy... When, um, when these situations occur... Let's just play some Jimi Hendrix, Little Wing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, can't, you can never go with Little uh, Jimmy. Here we go. And move. 
more about that track that is a great song man oh thanks very much yeah well um basically i mean Jimi hendrix is is the man you know the you man know, yes talking, yes <laughs> yeah when you're talking about electric guitar he, he's um number one as far as i'm concerned so um and he's always been you know a huge um influence and uh i think it was um you know there's been lots of different interpretations of that song and uh and it's right. really accessible for an artist to kind of to do it you know even artists such as sting has done a really good version of that actually mm. and um so um yeah. yeah and so you know i i thought i could bring something of my own to that song and so that's the reason i did it and uh you know because if you're going to do hendrix um it's tough to do hendrix but your your yeah. voice goes really well with the melody i mean you did a real good oh, job singing thanks. on it the cover is fantastic Thanks very much. Very kind. I mean, very kind. I, I'm not going to say it's as Jimi Hendrix level because you know that's hard, but it's very close. Mm. <laughs> no one no, ever no. is going to be. We're all we're all, we're all a distant second to Jimi Hendrix. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a great time. Now I, I did find Monsanto Blues, which we wanted to play earlier. That was my bad, people. I could not stretch okay. out my screen long enough. Uh, but now I see it. It's a, it's a long title. It's uh, let's see the third one on the list here. So uh, tell us about Monsanto Blues. Yeah, this more. is well. This is the title um, track of the Mansana Blues album, and this is the first of the the trilogy of African albums um, I've made. And um, this particular track is actually my favourite of the album, and it's a real acoustic affair. And it's it's um, um, playing with an artist called Jabel Sissoko, who's a griot from West Africa, and he's playing an instrument mm. called a kora, which is um, like an African harp with, I think it's got. Uh-oh, I think we're having a little uh, Skype connection. Ramon, you there? Oh, yeah, Ramon's having a little internet connection issue. Uh, well, oh, there you are. We lost you for a second there. You're, oh, your internet, uh, we, we lost you on the, uh, on the internet there. Uh, repeat what you just said. We lost about maybe 40 seconds over here. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, um, basically, it's um, with an artist called Jabal Sissoko, who's a griot from West Africa, and he plays a kora, which has got um, 21 strings. 21 strings wow that's amazing yeah so it's, it's called an african harp it's a bit like um you know the harp you get in a, a classical orchestra or in south america you know and um they've, they've got kind of a, a strange looking uh, instrument made out of a calabash like a gourd um pumpkin um 
vegetable thing that's dried out and then and then the strings are put on that and uh it's it sounds really really nice i don't think i've ever seen that but i'm dying to hear the song this is mancena blues okay let's go for it Ladies and gentlemen, is Mansana Blues. 
once again by Ramon Goose and a gentleman with an incredible voice, even though I can't understand half the thing he said or mo- anything he said, but it, was, it sounded great. He does have a great voice. You're not kidding. Uh, what's his name again? T- tell us his name. Yeah, uh, his his name is uh, Jabel Sissoko, and uh, he's um he's uh, a, a a griot um, who plays um, uh, the kora, and also he plays ningoni, which is an instrument that I, I I also play and I've learned, which is a small little banjo instrument um, from West Africa. And uh, I'll send you a, a photo of it, actually. Yeah, please. Can, uh, I, I don't think see. I've ever seen that instrument, to be honest with you. That's <laughs> well, he, a, that's he, a foreign he, one to me. <laughs> He actually plays, believe it or not, he actually plays for, um, I don't know if you know these artists, he plays with uh, Sinead O'Connor and Damon Albarn from the Gorillas and Blur. Yes, yes, I'm I'm familiar. Especially Sinead O'Connor, I mean, she's she's huge worldwide. Right, right, yeah. So he, you know, he's he's playing with some some big names in in the music business, so... um, uh, you know he's he's very well connected now. But when we we did that album a few years back, I think in 2010, I think it was um, when he he just started recording. So it was really good to catch him, you know, um, early on in his career. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, great voice. Now we have here mm. Delta Moon next uh, that we were going to play. Tell us about this song. Well, um, I, I'm really obsessed with um, Mississippi and uh, the really. I've bad lived thing- in Mississippi. And well, I tell you what, it's I'm a great jealous. place. It's a great place. <laughs> I'm very jealous because it's the one place I haven't been to, and I need really? to go. I have never been there, and I really, I'm planning on going this year. You know, so, um, so this song is about, um, you know, like the Mississippi Delta. But where I live in England, well, where I'm from in England, um, is a, is a um, a place called uh, Essex. Okay. And we have a kind of a, an area called the Essex Delta, um, which has kind of got some rivers and stuff, but it, it's, uh, it's not as impressive as the Mississippi Delta, I assure you. No. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that was kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of, uh, um, kind of pun. So and that's, that's cool. So in a way, you almost were born by the Mississippi River, kind of, sort of. Well, really. a delta, a <laughs> delta, delta of sorts. <laughs> Um, so this is a song about, but this is this interesting. This was recorded at Radio Two, BBC Radio Two, right. and it features um, the great Pee Wee Ellis, who was um, the sax player in the JBs, the James yes. Brown, James Brown um, original band, and also it features on harmonica Paul Jones from the blues band, and also uh, he was in Manfred Mann in the sixties. He was a singer of Manfred Mann. Very cool, very cool. So, so Delta Moon. Yeah. Yes. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. This is Delta Moon. Down a distant road in a small wood cabin Stood a man who sang and played the blues Tells himself ain't got nothing to lose As he made his way through this world Moving from town to town Trying to warm himself under the starry night He was sing for the workers, sing for the bears Sing for all around 
show. That, ladies and gentlemen, was Delta Moon featuring Pee Wee Ellis and Paul Johnson, right? Paul Johnson is the name of the gentleman? Uh, Paul, Jones. Paul Jones. Paul Jones. Paul Jones. Paul Jones. Yeah. yeah. Another great track. Uh, Delta Moon. Good song. Now Thank we have a few much. more songs here on on the uh, on the list here that we uh, haven't gotten to yet. Uh, I'd mentioned one earlier, which is very intriguing. I have not heard it actually. Police Quite. Dog Blues. What's that about? Um, Police Dog Blues is by uh, well, it's it's a tune by um, Blind Blake. Actually, let me just tell you about Delta Moon. What the the, the song is about? Delta Moon oh, okay. is about. Um, it's actually about um, Blind Blake. Um, okay. Because Blind Blake um, was a very interesting um, guy. He amazing. Um, pick it on guitar and he disappeared at the age of i think 27 in a storm one day in mississippi and uh, never to be seen again and um you know left behind this great music and just and just nobody ever has ever known what's happened to him so um what i did was um cover police dog blues um but i've also written the song delta moon which is about him specifically about him so i thought that's kind of nice to have those two tracks but um yeah police dog blues is um it's one of his pieces, and uh, and I hope I've done it justice because it was certainly hard to uh, learn to play it. <laughs> well, let's uh, get into uh, Police Dog Blues, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. All my life, being a traveling man. All my life, being a traveling man. Well, I'm wandering around, doing the best I Ship my truck down to Tennessee. I ship my trunk on down to Tennessee. Well, it's hard to tell about a man like me. Ramon Goose with Police Dog Blues, a great cover to Blind Blake. And tell us a little bit about Blind Blake, because this is a very interesting gentleman. And he told us earlier, um, disappeared. Uh, this was back in the 1920s, yeah. right, when this happened. And, of course, this happened a lot back then to musicians and to different artists yeah. who were African-American. Uh, I wasn't yeah. aware of him. Uh, tell us a little bit more about him. He lived uh, from, what, from the 1800s to the 1930s, and then he vanished? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was one of these, um, well, the first kind of time I sort of um, heard about him and, and, and sort of saw a photo, there's like kind of one famous photo of him, and he's looking very smart, smartly dressed, very dapper with a, mm-hmm. a guitar sitting down, and uh, it's kind of, the, the, there's not many photos, and 
and and he's, he's you know the way he plays guitar is just amazing he's, he's, he's a kind of virtuoso technique even though obviously he's blind he's probably never have a, had a, a kind of a, a, an orthodox lesson on the instrument he's kind of worked it all out himself he's, he was a ragtime player so he was you know very um, much influenced by scott joplin and the ragtime music um of the time and uh you know he just beautiful guitar playing and um you know he he influenced people like raikuda mm. and all you know um everybody from jackson brown raikuda all that all, you know david lindley all, all those kind of guys he was you know they were big fans of his and bonnie Raitt was um was obviously a fan and uh so um you know um that's kind of how i heard of him through those artists really and um you know, he's become one of my favourites, and I think you know to tackle the, the idea of the album, where it's blues and spirituals, where I was taking these old songs, was not just to do like a, a, a naff version of it, you know, a bad version, but to really get inside the song, really learn the techniques, and record it really well, and you know, do it justice, you know. So that was the idea, rather than you know, compromise and not learn it properly or you know, not record it very well, you know, um, I really made a lot of effort, you know, in researching these pieces and getting all the notes right in the right place, you know, because, you know, they're really, they're almost like a classical guitar piece, you know. Right, right, right. You know, so, um, they, you know, they have different movements within the song and you have to learn each movement and, you know, it's similar to classical guitar, the, the kind of the dedication you need to pull one of these songs off, you know, so, well, and, you know, these were guys, blind guys who were busking on the street and they, in the twenties, you know, um, mm. and thirties, you know, and they were just incredible, incredible music. I'm always amazed, amazed when I, when a person who's disabled or, you know, especially a blind person, uh, develops the skill for music like Stevie wonder and, uh, blind mm. Blake here. I mean, amazing musicians, uh, they can do it without even seeing it. Music. It's really a universal thing, but it's amazing how, uh, even a person who can't see could still learn how to play music and, and still could learn how to do these things. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. the advantage is obviously, um, if you're blind, um, you know, you're, you're probably your your senses will be heightened that are you know available right. to you, like hearing. But at the same time, guitar is a pretty tricky instrument, even if you it can is, see. Yeah. You yeah. know, so just you know, knowing where to put your finger on the fret and counting five frets up, you know, it, it's kind of hard. I have to look. You know, I've been playing <laughs> guitar for twenty five years, and I still have to. Look, I took you know? I took guitar for about four years in school, and after the fourth year, I was like, I I quit. I just it's too much for me, man. Oh, yeah. I just can't remember where I put my finger here, where I go. I just I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> well, you know, there's always um, ukulele or banjo. <laughs> yeah, I don't see myself as a ukulele uh, player. I just <laughs> maybe a banjo. I could kind of see that. I could see myself as a banjo player. Yeah, well, you know, you've certainly got a lot of great banjo players in America. You know, this is true. This so. is true. America is known for a lot of things: cheeseburgers and banjo players, definitely. <laughs> and we've got them both here. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Ah, uh, that's that's hysterical. Uh, now we have a, another song here that we haven't played, and uh, we're almost out of time here. In fact, we're a little bit over, right. but we're, we're okay to go a little bit over uh, because I wanted okay. to get to uh, this one last uh, one last track here. Uh, yep. It says here, Ramon Goose and World Scattering. Right. Um, yeah, I'm glad you um, picked this one up. Yeah. Scatterlings, yeah. So scatterlings, scatterlings is kind of like um, people that have been scattered, you know. So it's like the, you know, in Africa or in, you know, in America, is, you know, is, is probably the the most famous place for it, you know, where people, mm -hmm. you know, arrive and and they scatter and, you know, and uh, the you know the people who have come from somewhere else, you know, 
um, right. and left their homeland or you know ventured out and so that's and in this particular band there's five members um there's myself from england we have um cassandra balban who's a um beautiful uh um uh, recorder and pipes player she's from france um, we have Akush Hasnos, who's from, he's a double bass player, electric bass player from Hungary. We have um, Samir Nassim from Algeria, who's a Dabuka and a Bendir percussionist. And we also have another percussionist from Senegal called um, Indenin Dai. So it's a real kind of, um, everyone's from a different corner of the globe. We come together and we play blues. <laughs> That's, That's the a, idea. Like but, I said earlier, it's amazing how music brings everybody together, isn't it? It is, yeah. This particular track, though, is um, it's not really a blues track because um, I tried to write like a. Uh, this is actually another exclusive for you. It's never been played anywhere. Okay, cool. And um, it's it's only it's only a couple of minutes, but it's it's more it's more of a de- in in a demo form. And uh, this particular track is um, kind of like the radio single. It's going to be the radio sing- single when it's when it's completed, but it will give you a taste of um, what we do. And here we go, world Thank scatterling. You. is world scatterling beautiful song 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Scatterlings. And I feel like a scatterling myself because, let's see, I'm Cuban-born, lived in California, New Orleans, Mississippi. Now I'm in Florida. I've traveled all over the U.S. And almost everybody in Florida is from different parts of the world, so we're all scatterlings. Well, you can identify with that that song (laughs) then. No (laughs) kidding. um, kidding. Yeah. Um, Now, Cuba, that's... uh, that's on my list of places to to visit and to you know let the immerse myself in the music of Cuba. You know, it's I'm you and me, you Cuba. and me both, my friend. Let me tell you, I, I'm Cuban born. I got to this country when I was like two and a half years old. Oh, uh, I've never been back, and now things are changing in the U.S. with Cuban relations. And um, yeah, you know, a I lot of my family members are going over there. I just had an uncle who I've never met in my life come to the wow. U.S. and and I met him for the first time a few weeks ago. And Amazing. I'm thinking about taking that trip and going down to, to meet the uh, the motherland, as they say. For me, it's my motherland. You know, that's where I was born. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, but, it, but it's one of those things. It's a scary thought going back. You know, it, even though I've never mm-hmm. been there, it's kind of like one of those things. that's a little frightening. Uh, like what yeah. you're going to experience, maybe not as much after you're done with all these projects and you take a little time off. Uh, what are you going to work on next? Well, I'm, you know, I'm, in one way, I'm going to kind of come back home, and and uh, I'm going to sort of um, um, work on a, an album which is just um, the sort of um, based on the '60s British blues, which I kind of grew up with, you know, and um, you know, obviously it's based on Chicago blues and uh, American blues, but you know, um, I grew up listening to you know Peter Green from Fleetwood Mac. Um, mm you know, um, Black Magic Woman and uh, Man of the World, all those great songs. And, um, you know, the Rolling Stones and the Cream, um, all those great sort of 60s bands. And uh, so I want to kind of, you know, the John Bale's Blues Breakers, all of that stuff. Um, I sort of want to do something which is kind of drawing on those influences and uh, kind of going back to, you know, what I was listening to when I first picked up the guitar, you know. And I think I think that's it's kind of weird as musicians, but you, you kind of, um, you always go back to those, those early records you listen to, the kind of nostalgia, nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm really into, at the moment, I'm really into, well, for a long time, I've been into a, an artist called Bill Frizzell, who's a jazz guitarist. Um, very unique though. Very, very cool guy. And, um, um, he, he kind of, he doesn't just play normal jazz. It, it's kind of, um, always mixed with a bit of country or a bit of African influences. And, uh, he's done a, um, a wicked version of, um, a Beach Boy song called Surfer Girl because oh, that nice. was the first, that was the first record he ever bought, you know. And a lot of jazz musicians would be afraid to, to do a simple pop song, you know, because they're too busy doing, you know, the most, um, complex, fastest Coltrane song, you know. Right. They're trying to play it twice as fast. I mean, as that, that is an odd choice. That is an odd choice for a cover. It really is, but it's a good song. Yeah, yeah, and, and the way he does it is absolutely um, mind blowing. You know, it's beautiful. You know, so um, uh, you know, I think um, you can always, um, you know, go back to your past and uh, you know, because those kind of records are special to to you as a musician and, and as you know, a music lover you know whatever you're into music you know those early records the first time you listen to music you know yeah it's always going to have... take you back yeah yeah it's always going to take you. so that's something i'd like to do you know is, is um go back to the kind of british blues and uh and uh sort of draw influence from those um early bands you know and pioneers because um you have to remember the um you know the britain sort of played a really big role with the resurgence of the genre, you know, 
um, around right. the sixties, the mid sixties, and we kind of, yep. if it's okay to say this, we took it back to America, you know, and made it popular yeah. in America, you know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously not, we didn't invent lying. it. <laughs> yeah, we did. We didn't invent it. It was invented in Memphis, in Chicago, and Mississippi. You know, but we 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 liked it, and I think we felt an affinity with that music because after the Second World War, you know. Um, uh, we, you know, England became more prosperous. UK became more prosperous, but there was right, right. poor parts. You know, there's a lot of working class places, a lot of poorer parts. So, you know, I think you know the British working class felt um, something in common with those records, those blues artists, and uh, and I think identified with them. You know, whereas I think America in in that time in the 50s and 60s was, you know, if you're white and and American, you probably you were driving a corvette i might be wrong here but you know <laughs> <laughs> driving a corvette listening to the beach boys you know it's all you know driving movies or a mustang girls That's, yeah, you know the other well. american car <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know so and here in in the uk we were all in small houses drive driving these morris minor small little cars which were a bit of a joke and uh you know so we were oh, sorry sorry to offend any morris minor fans out there but um <laughs> you know so I think, you know, we felt an affinity with, you know, the people that were living in the Chicago projects, you know, um, in, in, in the east end of London, you know, where um, I think I heard Bill Wyman from the, the Rolling Stones actually, you know, state this kind of, you know, the relationship that they had. Um, and also we, Britain was bringing over um, artists such as Bill, Bill Brunsey and Muddy Waters. We were actually paying for them to come over to England and do tours here, you know. So, right, right, right. You know, there was a there, there was a definitely a, a history of blues. In, no, in, even in the, the you know even the the Beatles, for example, were heavily influenced in, by the blues and yeah, some of their music. You could, you could hear the blues in, their, in some of their music. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, especially the early records uh, and some of the yeah. later stuff with uh, John Lennon and and uh, George Harrison and stuff. You could definitely hear their influence in their music. Yeah. it's it's funny how uh, you know Europe uh, has played such a big part, especially England, in the music yeah. scene here in America. Uh, the British Revolution, has, uh, yeah. they brought over the Beatles, uh, you know, the help of re- revising uh, blues in America, like you said. I mean, mm-hmm. that, all that stuff is true, but it's amazing how big of a part England has played in music yeah, in America. It, yeah, for sure. It has. I don't think it's, it's, it hasn't done it recently because I think for the last 10, 20 years, it's all been American influence on us. And I think when I look at the youth... Because I teach, and it's been the worst part of the worst time in music history. It's been the last twenty years for a great portion. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) But you know, you know, the kids that I'm teaching a lot when I teach at university and and so forth, and uh, a lot of them, um, you know, there's, you know, they're saying, you know, we haven't really influenced America in the last twenty years at all. You know, it's all been one one way. You know, and America's influenced the world. You know, with Beyonce and. And Rihanna and you know all these, uh, Miley, Miley Cyrus and oh Jesus um, yeah that's terrible. Um, <laughs> what else I don't know. Um, uh, I'm sorry, other... re- rest of the world. Sorry about that. <laughs> some other are bad <laughs> woman, but uh, you know, and it's a shame because um, you know you've got people like Bonnie Raitt, who's um, you know I, she's never had to dress in a bikini, um, right? In order to promote her music, and and her, her music is much more much more soulful than any um, Beyonce record I've heard, you know, and she's a great guitar <laughs> player as well, you know. Just even putting them in the same sentence is funny. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's true, just, you know, they're, they're, they're both laugh, singers, yeah. they're both female, they're both singers, and, uh, you know, I'd much rather, you know, um, 
chill out with Bonnie Raitt, you know, I'm sure we're, uh, the conversation would be a lot more um, fruitful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I can imagine the conversation with Beyonce. Uh, but uh, that would be just uh, an incredible five minutes, I'm sure, because that's all it would last. I don't think it would yeah. go further than five minutes. Uh, but uh, listen, uh, Ramon, uh, it's awesome having you on the show. Man. We're, we're over time here, but I definitely wanted to uh, thank you for being on the show. And I wanted to uh, also give you the chance to, you know, to give us uh, any uh, links or any way to, for the audience to keep you know, track on your music. And if you're going on any tour dates or anything like that, please tell us you know, where you're going to be at. Well, um, basically, um, the, the best way to, to keep track is um, just type my name, Ramon Goose, um, and that's .com, and that's my website. But really, um, if you can find me on Facebook, um, then you can befriend me, send me a message, um, and I, I'm always posting stuff on my face. Facebook is probably much better than my website actually and you know people you know people who come to my shows and stuff they always message me and and you know i'm, I'm quite um um active on facebook so that's a, a good place to um you know find out what i'm doing um but otherwise you know you can go to my website and, and i normally put the tour dates on my website awesome so and yeah i can't wait, and, uh, I can't wait for you um, to come to america so we could i could see you on tour that'd be great yeah, well, it's, I'm, I'm hoping to do um, my first tour is going to be, um, in, well, my first Mississippi tour. Um, that should be later this year. Nice. you got to let me know the date so I can uh, take a trip out to Mississippi. I haven't been there in a long time, but I love Mississippi. Well, well yeah, I've heard some very, very good things about it. Oh, you'll love it. It's a, it's a great <laughs> place. Now, let's uh, go uh, with uh, a song here. Uh, we haven't played I Believe yet. you want to go with that uh, with a track? Yeah, um, this this particular track, this is from um, the West African Blues Project, which is the mm-hmm. album that I, um, we're releasing on the 29th of June this month. And um, this is actually, it's just been, I think it's been played in Canada, and it has been played on a few radio stations in America. So, um, and now this, here. Yep, the, and, and this is the best radio station, of course, which we're ever. speaking yes. on. Yeah, ever. <laughs> And um, so this is the one that we're going with. This is the one we're touring at the moment. Um, we're playing, actually, the next show we're going to play. Uh, Modu and I will be in Liverpool at Sefton nice. Park, which is a big, big um, kind of festival with yes. thousands yeah. of people. So it's, so we're hoping to take this project to Canada, to America, you know, and uh, who knows, even maybe Cuba one day. But uh, so I'll this definitely is... take a trip out there and see you if you go to Cuba. I'll definitely do that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Um, this also features a very good uh, sax player and friend of mine called Malcolm Miles. Um, so um, listen out for the, the sax, which is really nice, I think. Ramon, thank you so much for being on here. It's been a, a blast and a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. Uh, pleasure's all mine. This is I Believe. Thank you. Good night, everybody. This is Inside the Jackal's Head. We'll be back next week. Stick around. It's a great song. Mm-hmm.